Good morning. Everybody all right? Okay, we didn't need that, but thank you uh, anyway. Appreciate that. Hey, we are, uh, let's go to the Bible. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're starting a new series today. I love this series. It's called Villains. I've actually had this series baking for about three years now. Been looking for an opportunity to use this series, and then this was the spot I believe God wanted to use it. Uh, today, we're going to be doing part one of two parts, because as I uh, got into today's villain, it was just so big, the story is so big, there was just so much in it, it was so rich that I felt like God, I took a part of it, I set it aside, said I can't do that, I don't have time for that, and, and God just said, no, I want you to do that next week, so we built an extra week into the series, so you're going to want to be here today, and you're going to be want to be here next Sunday, turn to somebody next to you and say, be here next week. You won't be here next week. So 1 Samuel chapter 17, this is in the Old Testament. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, if you don't have a Bible after the service, come to the front. We have them. They're free, or you can get one in the next steps room right before you leave today. Uh, We'll give it to you. If you have a mobile device, uh, go to corechurch.com. You can download a Bible app there. I read out of the New Living Translation, so if you're in a mobile device, look for the NLT. Otherwise, it's going to read a little bit differently than what your version is. So let me set this up. 1 Samuel chapter 17 is the most, one of the, probably the most famous story in, in all of Scripture. It's the story of David and Goliath. How many of you have heard the story of David and Goliath? Okay, let's, let's do a truthful steal here. Okay, some of you aren't paying attention yet. So I want to know, how many of you have heard the story of David and Goliath? For real, raise your hand. Okay, so everybody has. So this is a very, very familiar story, whether you're in church or not in church, you know this story. It's the story of the Philistines against the Israelites, and there's this giant named Goliath, and he's stepping out, and he's taunting, and he's challenging the Israelite army, and they're freaking out. They're scared, Saul and his army. They don't want to go out. They want to fight this guy because he's intimidating, and the, and the giant says, I tell you what, why don't you send one guy out? I'll take him on, win or take all. So if I win, you guys got to serve me and, and the Philistines, but if you win, then we will serve you. And so if you know the story, this Shepherd boy comes out of nowhere. His name is David. He doesn't really come out of nowhere. I won't go into that right now. I don't have time for that. But David didn't come out of nowhere. We like to think that, but he didn't. And we, we, used to, we like to think he's a scrawny little boy, but he wasn't. And I'm not going to preach about that. But you need to read the story. You need to know the background on David because he wasn't a wimp. He was a stud. He was equipped. He knew what was coming down. And he stood up and he said, I'll, I'll fight the giant. And Saul said, okay, all right, cool. And so he sends him out and he was a shepherd. So we pick it up in verse 40, okay? Verse 40 of chapter 17. Maybe you haven't read this story in a while, so let's reread it right now. It says this, David picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into a shepherd's bag, and then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started to cross the valley to fight the Philistine. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this rooty-faced boy. Am I a dog that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. And come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. And David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Can I get an amen? Amen. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Can I get an amen? Amen. Today the Lord's going to conquer you. I love this part. This This is how you know David is just... Big, bad, and he's just a stud of the Bible. 
I mean, he's just the man. Check out this right here. He, say, he says this, I'm going to give your dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. The whole world's going to know that there is a God in Israel. I'm going to kill you and cut off your head. This guy's a stud. I love this. Everybody else is quakering and afraid. Not David. Everyone assembled here is going to know the Lord rescues his people, not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle. I have that underlined in my Bible. You might want to underline that in your paper Bible or highlight it on your, your phone. Let's say that together. This is the Lord's battle. This is the Lord's battle. He's going to give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. You know this story, reaching into a shepherd's bag, taking out a stone. He hurled it with a sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. Stone sank in. Goliath stumbled, fell to the ground. David triumphed over him. He went over, grabbed his sword, and cut his head off the end. It's amazing. I love this story. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for giving us the word today, and we uh, just stop now to proclaim your truth. We ask that you would speak to us. As your people, we want to hear from you, and today, God, would you just speak to each of us? Um, Right now, you need to be just praying that God will open up your heart to what he wants to say. Pray for me as your pastor that I'm going to be faithful to what God wants to say and only what he wants for each of us to hear. He's got a message for you today if you're ready to hear from him, all right? In Jesus' name, give me a big amen. Well, there's a lot of uh, famous villains uh, that we know about in in our culture. I think perhaps the most intimidating villain of all, the one that, that just strikes terror in the men and women and children everywhere, one that strikes great fear that causes many to quiver and shake, is this guy right here, Mark Noonan. <laughs> if you weren't here a couple weeks ago, I won't go into that. Mark Noonan killed me in football in eighth grade. You can go back and listen to the podcast of, of that story. But there's other famous villains that are out there that are even more intimidating. How about the most famous villain of all time? Yeah. Yes, the guy who needs a breathing treatment, Darth, yeah. Uh, he's a movie coming out at Christmas, the most famous villain of all. Uh, here's, uh, this was my favorite villain ever. Anybody like the Joker? Yeah, you're sick. That's just weird. Like, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, I love this guy. Yes, the way he just decapitates people and shoves weapons and just kills them all dead. He's just awesome. He's a sick psychopath. He's amazing. You see how weird we sound when we say that? But he's, he's, he's a villain. Uh, how about this guy right here? Oh, Biff from Back to the Future. Every time he's on screen, I'm like, oh, I don't like Biff. Because he's, like he's like that kid in school. Do you remember that? That's, you just don't like that, that bully. Uh, Disney has a lot of different villains. There's a lot of famous villains when it comes to Disney. Everybody has the, the villain that they don't like. There's one villain that whenever this villain comes on screen, I cannot stand him. Not only is he too pretty to have sideburns, but this guy, because I'm a dad, can I, can I, come on, dads, you do not like this guy, and if you don't know who that is, you do, don't watch Frozen, because it'll just tick you off. This dude, I'm like, you ain't going to be treating my daughter like that. I'm up yelling at the screen. I'm like, oh, no, do not, no, do not finish each other's sandwiches. No, no, no. Don't go for that. Give you a knuckle sandwich, that's what I'm, I'm going to do. There's so many different 
villains out there. Today, I, I want us to look at Scripture, and I want us to look at the, the most famous villain in all of Scripture, and that is Goliath, the story of David and Goliath. And when you, you look at Goliath, I mean, this guy is intimidating. When you look at Scripture, he is an intimidating foe. He's over nine feet tall. He has 125 pounds of armor that he wears. It says that he is the Philistine champion. What that means is he's not the only giant. They had a, a, a lot of different giants in the Philistine camp, and he was the champion of all of the giants. In fact, when you come back next week, there's a teaser for next week, I'm going to be talking about those other giants. So get back here next week, I'll talk about those other giants. But what's, what's the giant, what's the villain that you, you face in your life? Who's the Goliath that's standing in your way of victory? Because giants are, are everywhere, and we face them all the time. Maybe you face, you're facing a giant right now in your marriage. I mean, maybe somebody did something, or they said something, or they didn't keep their, their promise, and now you've got this giant staring down your marriage, and you don't know if your marriage is going to make it. Maybe it's with, with your children, that you look at your children, and, and you're upside down with your kids, and then they're, they're making poor choices and poor decisions, and, and you want them to do the right thing. Or maybe it's with a parent. You've got a, a parent, and, and they're, they're just not the parent that they, they need to be, and there's, there's this giant standing in your way. Maybe it has to do with your finances. We took the offering this morning, and every time that offering bucket comes by, it's just, it's like the bucket of guilt that comes by to you because you don't, you don't have it to give. You want to give. You want to support the local church. You want to get back to the kingdom of God, but, but you got this giant, this financial giant that stares you down, and there's just not enough check at the end of the month, is there? There's just not enough. You're staring down this giant. Maybe it's in your health. Maybe you've gotten a bad health report. And it's just ongoing. You're like, I don't know how I'm going to overcome this. I mean, this is, this is the report I got. This is, this is, this is it. It's not going to happen now. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe there's an addiction you're dealing with, and, and you, you thought you had it conquered, but then you don't, and, and, and it's so big, and it just gets bigger and bigger, and you're like, I don't think I can ever. Or maybe it's a habitual sin over and over again. We all have these giants that we stare down, and what I want to do today is I, I want us to look at the real giant in this story. And I don't think the real giant in the story is Goliath. I think the real giant in this story is fear. Because when you face those giants, it's, it's fear that causes us to tremble. It's, it's fear that causes us to take a step back. It's, it's fear that causes us to, to be frozen in our tracks. It's fear that makes you want to quit makes you want to give up. And that's where we find the children of Israel and King Saul and, and his army. It's, they wanted victory over, over the enemy, but they got this giant in their way. And Goliath is taunting them, coming out every day and talking trash. And we pick it up in 1 Samuel 17, 11. Going back a little bit, part I didn't read earlier, it says when when Saul, and his Israelite, when Saul and the Israelites heard this, when they heard Goliath taunting them, it says they were terrified and they were deeply shaken. Let's say that together. They were what? Terrified and deeply shaken. That's how you know you got a giant in your way. If you're wondering today, do I have a giant standing in my way? If you are at all terrified, if you are at all shaking, 
Guess what? That's, that's a giant no matter what it is, even if it's not a giant to somebody else. Somebody else might come along and be like, are you kidding me? That's intimidating you. If it intimidates you, if it strikes fear in you, if it causes you to be terrified and deeply shaken, it's a giant that you have identified. I, I'd encourage you, even if you wanted to, to write down what is that giant that you're facing. What's the giant you're facing? You might want to put that cryptically so nobody around you can see it in case it's the person sitting next to you, like write their name real big to put an arrow that points right to them. <laughs> it's you right there. But that's how you know that you're facing a giant. But li- li- here's the thing. Goliath hasn't done anything. He's done nothing here. There's been no battle. There's been no engagement. All he's doing is trash talking. That's all he's doing. He's just, he's just trash talking. He's trying to intimidate them. And what's happening? Saul and his army, they're terrified and they're shaking. This is an incredible army, an incredible king, shaking and terrified. Listen, this is what giants can do. Giants can destroy your confidence. Giants will take your confidence from you, from the strongest among us. Doesn't matter how strong of a warrior you are, doesn't matter how long you've been walking with Jesus, doesn't matter how grounded you are in the word, when those giants come, they can cause you to be terrified and shake. Funny thing is, is fear can take you down without, without even engaging you in battle. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, get a, you get a bad report and you're like, oh, there it is, it's over now. Let me give you just an example of this. We have um, a very large dog. His name is Rambus. Uh, He's 180 pounds. Some of you have seen him. He looks like a dairy cow. Uh, He's he's massive. He's a massive dog. Uh, And he's 12 years old. So he's he's well outlived his prime. He was only supposed to live 8 to 10 years. He's, He's way outlived himself. And when dogs that big, if you've ever had a big dog, when they get older, they're, they're, they have trouble with their hips and they, they can't walk that well. Well, a couple months ago, Rambus was getting up in the living room and his, and his leg went out from underneath him and, and he fell, boom, right on the ground. And I was like, I was just like, whew, one of those moments I was like, oh, there it is. Man. And then I, we said, well, we need to watch him. So we watched him for a few days, and a couple more days were going by, and we noticed he's struggling getting up. And, <laughs> and he sleeps on a baby bed every, every night. Um, not actually in a baby bed. We have a crib mattress. That's how big this dog is. And so he sleeps on this crib mattress. And one, one night, and don't, 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 don't judge me on this, but I got down near him on his bed. I swear to you, I got next to his bed, and I'm like laying down there. You've all done this if you have a dog. How many dog owners in the house? Dog owner? Okay, you've done this before. And I'm like petting him like this. He's laying down. It's okay, buddy. It's been a good run, you and me. It's like a Marley and me moment. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm like, I'm legitimately, Laura doesn't even know this, I'm legitimately crying real tears. I'm like, buddy, you and me, man, been a team for so long. And he's got that sad look on his face. I'm like, it's all right. I'll give you permission to go. And I'm looking at him, and I notice, when I'm looking at his feet, I'm noticing that his nails were really long. And we have concrete floors. Uh, wait a second. I wonder if maybe we need to get his nails clipped. And so I, 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 I said, well, Lord, let's take him down to get his nails clipped. Went down and got his nails clipped. And, and sure enough, he comes home, and, and, and he's getting up and down with no problem at all. <laughs> but he's looking at me like, you are going to put me down over nail clippers. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad, buddy. 
but I still love you. You're still an amazing dog. Can't, fear can do that, isn't it? You, you get that bad report, and don't you play it out to the worst-case scenario? I mean, that, that's, that's what we do. I mean, each time that the enemy trash talks us and, and bullies us, fear starts to grow larger and larger. Let me, let me give you an example of this, okay? Fear just begins to grow, okay? Let's say I got a, a balloon here. You can see on this balloon is, you can't even hardly barely read it, can you? The word, anybody, anybody read that? Fear. So you, you, you can't even see that. I know in the back you, you, you can't, can't see that. But, but here's how fear works. Fear works kind of like this, this balloon is, you know, you, the enemy comes to you and he taunts you and he says, oh, your marriage is in trouble. <laughs> oh, you said that. You're not overcoming it this time. Oh, she did that. Oh, you're, you're done. And fear grows larger and larger. Oh, your kids, they're never, they're never going to change. They're always, they're always going to be like that. Oh, your finances. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can just, you can kiss all that goodbye. And fear just grows larger and larger and larger. And it just intimidates us over and over again until it's so large and here's what we do we end up carrying it around with us Laura come help me with this real quick I know I'm not gonna be able to tie this so I'm gonna ask you to help me here give it up for my lovely assistant Laura Farnsworth so here she's a party planner so I I tie them but I don't necessarily you know what you yeah look at that yeah she's a pro thank you honey so here, here's what we do it's like this is what happens so Fear comes and, and, and we tie a little string to it and, and it just everywhere you go, there it is, right? Doesn't matter where you go, there it is. Everywhere you go, it's going with you. I mean, you're trying to overcome it. You're trying not to think about it. You're trying not to deal with it. I don't want to see that giant, but there it is again. I mean, it just, it just follows you around. It becomes almost a part of your life. It's just kind of hanging there in your life. But here's what I want you to know about fear and these things that the enemy speaks in your life. These things that he speaks are just half-truths. It's not the whole truth. He's speaking only half-truths. Let, let, look at, at the scripture. If you were to go back to verse 42 and 43, we, we're not going to put that on the screen for you, but, but I want you to, to see this is that Goliath, in verse 42 and 43, he, he looked at David and he's like, <laughs> you're just a boy. You, you, all you got is a stick. Fear. Half-truth. Speaking it into your life. So we like to say that it's a lie, right? That's a lie of the enemy. And, and in some ways it is a lie of the enemy because it's a half-truth. But usually where the enemy gets you and the reason fear sticks around, the reason it hangs around in your life is because when you look at it and you hear it, it's a half-truth. There's some truth in that. And that's one of the enemy's greatest weapons against us. And the longer that fear hangs around, the larger it gets. 
If if you're taking notes, write this down. Goliath wasn't born a giant. Goliath wasn't born a giant. It would have been a whole lot easier to take Goliath down when he was four feet tall rather than waiting until he was nine feet tall. Because the the larger you let fear become, the longer you let it hang around, the larger it's going to grow, and the more terrified and shaken you will become. So here's the king, Saul, stud. He's a stud. He's over six feet tall. He's He's a man's man. He's got this entire army and they're shaken, and they're terrified, and they're, they're hiding out, and David rises up in faith. David goes to the king and says, I can take this guy out. I don't need to wear your armor. I don't need anything. I don't need a, a, a sword. I don't need a helmet. All I need are, is my shepherd's bag, some stones, my sling, and, and I'm going to be good. And he goes out onto the field as a boy and takes on this giant. Look at verse 45. It says this, David replied to the Philistine, which is Goliath. He says this to Goliath. You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin. Say say half truth. That's just a half truth. Is it true? Yes or no? Is it true? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah, it is true. It is true. I mean, look at the scripture. Yeah, he's coming with a sword. He's coming with a spear. He's coming with a javelin. Yeah, yeah, half truth not the whole truth but and here comes the whole truth i come to you in the name of the lord of let's say this together of what heaven's armies the god of the armies of israel whom you have defied say whole truth turn to the person next to you and say that's the whole truth I mean, the, the, the half-truth is, yeah, I got this sling, I got this javelin, I got a sword, I got a spear. Half-truth, that's the enemy coming at you. You did this, they did that. This is the report. This is the way it's going to be. Half-truth. God, though, brings in the whole truth. David knew the whole truth. That, that's what caused him to rise up in faith. That, that's what caused fear to take a back seat and faith to rise up and David to go out and face Goliath. See, David saw Saul and his army and he's looking around like, you guys are all, why are you all afraid? Why are you afraid of him? You read the story, he's like, why are you all afraid? What's wrong with you? Why, Why was David doing that? Why was Saul not doing that? Why was, why wasn't any other member of this huge Israelite army, there's Thousands of them, you would think one of them would rise up, would, would, would say, yes, we can take this giant, but it's only David. Why, why only David? Because David, he knew the whole truth. He saw, listen, Saul and his army, all they saw was a giant, but what David saw was heaven's armies standing with him. Not heaven's army, heaven's armies. Okay, plural. Meaning like what he saw, he saw into the heavenlies, he saw into the spiritual world, he saw thousands and thousands of angels. He's like, I'm not alone on this battlefield. That's one giant against thousands and thousands and thousands of angels. Listen, if you want, if you want to get a better picture 
of the angels and heaven's armies. All you got to look at is the story of Elijah. Elijah, he is surrounded by the enemy, and, and he's got his servant, and his servant's freaking out. He's like, we're going to die. They're going to kill us. And Elijah prays and says, God, open up his eyes so he can see. There are more for us than are against us. And his servant steps out of the tent. He looks over the hillside, and that's where he sees the chariots of fire. Okay, heaven's armies, they're not just guys in chariots running around. These are chariots that are on fire. If you saw a chariot coming at you on fire, that'd put a little fear in you, wouldn't it? I, I mean, you can get a tank, you can get anything you want, but you got some angel on a white horse with a bunch of chariots and fire coming at me. See ya. I ain't interested in that. If that's not enough for you, turn over to the book of Revelation. You can go to the book of Revelation where Jesus gives John a picture of heaven's armies. And in the book of Revelation, we see things like this. He's, he sees the Lord. And, and, and Jesus, his eyes, there's, there's flames shooting out of Jesus' eyes. When have you ever seen that? Okay, he's got flames. He's got a sword coming out of his mouth. That's pretty intimidating. Some dude coming at me, he's got flames out of his eyes, sword out of his mouth. I'm like, you win. It says his robe was dipped in blood. Okay, dude, you, uh, you, you win. It says that he saw all the angels on these white horses, almost the same as Elijah saw. These are the armies that are with us. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have this Goliath, this giant that's standing in front of you, but guess what? You are not alone. You have heaven's armies standing with you in whatever it is you are facing in your life. Look, when we think of the story of David and Goliath, this is the picture we normally think of as David. He's, he's on the battlefield, and he's, he's all alone. It's just this little boy taking on this massive giant. But Goliath is actually the one who's alone. Goliath's alone, not David. David is backed by heaven's armies. I'd like for you to write this down. I think this is so important for us to grab a hold of. And you may want to write this down and put it in your phone or put it as your screensaver. If you've got a giant that you're facing, I think you're going to need this. And I and you're going to have to say this over and over again to yourself. And here it is. Though a giant stands before me, heaven's armies stand beside me. Though a giant stands before me, heaven's armies stand beside me. See, see Goliath has this armor bearer that's going out in front of him. That's his only protection, but when you look at David, David has the Lord. We are not alone. Whatever it is you're up against, whatever giant you are facing, don't face that giant alone. You have the Lord. You have heaven's armies that are standing with you. And Christ stands with us. Romans, you go to the New Testament, the Apostle Paul in Romans 8, 37. Here's what he said. He said it this way, overwhelming victory is ours through, through who? Through Christ who loved us. He, he loves you. He sees the giant you're facing. He knows what you're dealing with. He sees the picture of it. Other people around you don't see it. You ever notice that? Like you're facing that giant. It's just wearing you out. 
And, and maybe some of your real close friends, maybe some of your tight family members, they, they understand that giant, but everybody else just kind of acts like it's not that big a deal. Hey, we're praying for you. I mean, they just, they're just not really understanding the magnitude of the giant you're facing, but Paul tells us that Christ loves us, which means he sees the giant, he cares, he understands, and he says, if you'll look to me, if you'll trust in me, I will give you victory. So here's what you got to do. When you're facing that giant, whatever it is you're facing in your life, you got to draw in close behind the armor bearer. So you have an armor bearer, Jesus, and he's got that shield, that shield of faith that we hear about. You take up the shield of faith is what Paul says, and and so your armor bearer is Jesus Christ, and what we've got to learn to do when when you have a giant that you're staring down, you look, you say, oh, I've got heaven's armies that are with me. Jesus is with me. i got to draw in really close and really tight behind him. What does that mean to draw in close, to draw in tight? Because this is the big miss of so many followers of Jesus. They go on the battlefield alone. They don't go out there with the armor bearer. They don't go out there with Christ. But you have Christ with you and to draw close behind him. Listen, over the next two weeks, I'm going to give you five stones that slay the giant, okay? Five stones that slay the giant. I want to give you the first two right now, okay? Here's the first two. Write these down. Number one is prayer, and number two is promises. Number one is prayer. Number two are the promises of God. What does it mean to draw in tight behind the armor bearer? I want you to get an image of that in your head. Whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is that giant is standing in your way, if I step out from behind the armor bearer, I'm going to be taken out. If I step in behind the armor bearer, I will be protected. you got to get a hold of some of the promises of God. You got, listen, the best way to engage the enemy is on your knees. That's the best way to engage him. So many of us forget that first step prayer. You, you gotta, you've got to pray. Listen, listen. That's what we have core community that's coming up this Wednesday night. If you're facing a giant, can I just tell you in Jesus' name, get your hiney here on Wednesday. Get here. What are you messing around for? Listen, television is not going to save your marriage. Sitting at home sulking about it is not going to fix your family. It's not going to fix your finances. Sitting around on a Wednesday night worried and thinking about fear over and over again is just you doing this, just holding this like this. You know, I'm just going to stay home on Wednesday night. I know they do that prayer thing, but I'm just not going. I'm just going to sit here with you, fear. We're just going to have a little party, you and me. And you just wallow in it, don't you? And it grows larger and larger, and you're like, oh, what's wrong with me? Come on Wednesday night. Let us pray with you. Let us pray for you. That's why we gather. That's why we're here. Prayer in your home. Are you on your face before God with whatever situation and struggle you're dealing with? Listen, prayer will, it will literally save you. If you'll get on your knees, and when you get on your knees, you're getting in behind that shield, behind that armor bearer, and you're crying out to God, I need you to do this, God. I need your help. I'm trusting in you. I'm not trusting in myself. I'm looking to you. And then you raise up the the shield of faith. You raise up the word of God in your life. Do you open this book? Do you look at this book? This book is like a shield against the enemy. 
That's what this book is. Do you have a promise that you're gathering, that you're gab, uh, grabbing a hold of? Do you have something that you, you're thinking about, that you're remembering, that you're speaking out against the enemy? Because you gotta have God's promises. Like, listen, the enemy comes with the half truth. He says something like this. He says, your marriage, your marriage, it, it, it didn't go make it. It isn't gonna make it. But what does God say? The whole truth. He says this, behold, I make all things new. That's what God says. So you can hold on to the half-truth of fear. Well, my marriage is in trouble. It's probably not going to make it because we have too many obstacles in our path. And I'm not diminishing, by the way, I'm not diminishing the obstacles you have in your path, your financial obstacles and the struggles that you're facing. But you've got to remember, that's the half-truth. The, the enemy comes in. He says, oh, your kids are never going to make it. I'm, I'm going to take them out. They're never, your kids, they're never going to serve Jesus. <laughs> they're never going to follow after him. That's a half-truth that you don't have to buy into. Why is it a half-truth? Because kids have a free will. They have a free will to choose God or not choose God. But you don't have to stand on that. What you can stand on is the truth of what God says. That God says this, is that greater is he who is in them than he who is in the world. That's what I'm going to stand on. The world is not going to take them down because my children are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Like these babies we dedicated today, come on now, church. They're up here. Parents are like, I'm giving you to God because I know I'm going to need some help because the world is going to come at them. But they, these parents who dedicated their children, what they can say is, oh, man, greater is he who is in this baby than he who is in the world. God is going to redeem them. The enemy says, oh, you, <laughs> you ain't ever going to be able to pay those bills. You really think you're going to get financial freedom. You really, oh, you want, you want to start giving to the church. You, you, you ain't ever going to be able to support the church. You ain't ever going to be, don't step out there. Don't give. Don't do that. That's what fear is. By the way, when that bucket comes by or we talk about offering and you're like, I just don't have money. I don't have it. I, I have so many bills. And, and you just kind of bring fear right down here until you're just shaking because you're staring those bills and those financial obstacles. And you got to give that over to God. Because that's what the enemy says. But, but God says, hey, the word of God says this, I will supply all your needs. Not some of them, all of them, according to my riches that are in Christ Jesus. I mean, the, the enemy comes to you and he says, listen, oh, you know that ministry you want to start? You know how you want to help those people and you want to make a difference in this world? It's way too big for you. You ain't going to be able to do that. You can't get the financial support. Nobody wants to help you. You ain't going to be able to do that. But God says this, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You know, that, that comes directly from a quote that sits on my desk. I just put it in my drawer the other day. I open up that whenever I get overwhelmed with the ministry and you think, Pastor, you get overwhelmed by what happens? Yes. There are times I want to quit. I want to, the enemy says, you ain't going to be able to reach people for Jesus. Who do you think you are? You're just a DJ. You're just a DJ. And you don't have all that. You're not, you're not qualified to lead that many people. God ain't going to bring you nobody because you can't, you can't do it. And, I, and I, I begin to quake. And I go, okay, well, I guess I'm not, 
I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not the right person for this job. Maybe I'm not the person who's supposed to be doing it. And, and, and then my mother-in-law sends me <laughs> that verse in a card. Not by might, not by power, but by spirit, says the Lord. That's the weapon I go to for the enemy. Maybe it's, maybe it's your, the enemy comes to you with that half-truth and says that diagnosis that you received from the doctor, that's the one that's going to take you down. But Jesus says, by my stripes, you are healed. Here in a moment, we're going to have prayer. We pray for those who are sick. Maybe that's you. You believe in the power of God that by his stripes, we are healed. So here's David. He hears these half-truths, but he embraced the whole truth of God. In verse 46, he says, today what? The Lord will conquer you. Today, the Lord will will conquer you. Or go to verse 47. Here he is. He, he is standing behind the promises of God in verse 47. He says, this is what? The Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. Though, though a giant stands before me, heaven's armies stand beside me. But here's the thing about the enemy. The enemy ain't gonna quit. He's gonna keep coming at you. Won't quit without a fight. You're gonna have to engage him. David had to engage the enemy. Verse 48 as Goliath moved closer to attack, so remember this, the closer your giant gets, the bigger he appears, right? The closer your giant gets, the bigger he appears. That's a half truth, though. It's a partial truth, but it's not the whole truth. And it says this, David quickly ran out to meet him. David knew the whole truth, and that was the, the, the closer the giant gets to me, the closer I am to victory. Like, yeah, Come on, buddy, keep coming closer, keep coming closer, because the closer you come, I I'm going to take you down. So I, I want to illustrate this and close this morning with just a simple illustration. I, is Wes, come up here. I, I needed one of the biggest, baddest, meanest dudes in our church to help me with this, okay? Um, and so give Wes a hand, yeah. Because if you don't, he's going to armbar you. All right, so... So uh, I got, I got, I baptized, what was it, last year I got to baptize you? Uh, Something like that. You're, okay, yeah, last year we baptized Wes. What an amazing story of transformation God is doing in his life. But today, I want you, you're going to represent Goliath, okay? You are Goliath. Now, Goliath is an intimidating foe. The giant that you're facing, when you look at that, what you're facing in your marriage or what I'm, what I'm facing in, with my kids or my parents or my health or, 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 the, or that financial report. I mean, it's, it's big and it's intimidating. And if I get my eyes on that, it's just going to wear me out. I want you to get a new picture of the enemy, okay? So here, here's, I want you to hold this, hold this balloon, okay? This is the picture. That's a picture I want you to have. That's the picture I want you to have. The next time the enemy comes at you. Now, now listen, here, here's what the enemy, the enemy though, he's going to come at you with half truths, isn't he? He's going to try to intimidate you. He, I, like, I want you to like, say uh, your marriage is over. My marriage is over. Okay, I, I want you to say, say you're never going to get well. Say it like mean Goliath. You're never going to get well. How about uh, those bills are going to crush you. Those bills will crush you, and you will never make it. Okay, so that's, that's what the enemy. Now let's, let's do something fun here, okay? Let's uh, hold the microphone here. 
Yeah, let's, uh, how about you just take in a little bit of, you know, I'll let you bite that a little bit. I'm not going to, you, you, you do that yourself, okay? Now, I want, now what I want you to do is I want you to take the balloon, I want you to get in a good, a good burst of, of helium, all right? It's a pretty tough balloon. Some Goliath you are. Oh, here we go. Okay, now hold it there. Don't, don't pass, don't take too much. <laughs> That'd be, I'll say I'll take the whole thing. And the, all right, now tell me, your marriage is over. Your marriage is over. <laughs> yeah, those, those bills are going to crush you. Those bills are going to crush you. <laughs> your kids are never going to serve Jesus. Your kids are never going to serve Jesus. Okay, are you getting the picture here? You getting the picture of what you need to give Wes a hand? Thank you, buddy. You can, let's just let that go. Just let that yeah. I want you to get a healthy picture of the enemy and what he's trying to do, the Goliath that you're facing. What is it that you're facing? What is it that you're up against? What, what's going on in, in your life? Where has fear gripped you? And what I want you to do is I want you to get this picture of, of getting behind Jesus. And then the more you get behind Jesus and the more you go to your knees and the, the more that you, you read the promises of God, the, the more that fear loses its power over you. Now, it, it doesn't lose its power necessarily right away. Sometimes it's instantaneous and it's gone. But you ever notice it just comes back? I'll talk about that next week. Get here next week, I'm going to talk about that. But, but the more that you, you get into this, the power of the word, and, and begin to get a promise that you're going to declare over your family, over your finances, over your health or your career or that ministry that God's wanting to birth in you. And you begin to proclaim that, begin to speak that out. And you get on your knees before God. All right, God, I'm trusting you. I'm looking to you. And the more that you do that, the longer you do that, the more that fear begins to lose its grip and its power on you. Though a giant stands before me, heaven's armies stand beside me. Would you bow your heads? So what's your giant? What are you facing? If you're facing a giant right now that is overwhelming you, I won't embarrass you. I don't want to call you out. I just want to know how you are, so I know how to pray for you. Would you raise your hand? You say, I got, Brad, I got a giant. I got one I'm facing. Yeah, all, all over the room. Giants everywhere. Why don't you just take your hands like we did earlier in the offering. I want you to open up your hands before God. There in your lap, just turn it over and just give that to God. God, I'm going to look to you. I'm, I want you to be my armor bearer. Just ask him right now. Jesus, be my armor bearer. If you're a follower of Jesus, just fully surrender to him right now. Just, God, take it. I'm standing on this battlefield. I don't want to stand alone. God, would you take this fear from me? In Jesus' name, take it from me. God, today I vow I'm going to be a man or a woman of prayer. I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to draw in close behind the armor bearer. I'm going to get some promises from your word, and I'm going to watch this giant fall 
in my life. If you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you in this moment, turn your heart over to him. Don't face that giant by yourself. You face him by yourself, he's going to take you down. I'm telling you, the word of God says, greater is he who's in me than he who is in the world. You got to have him in you or the world will take you down. If you're not a follower of Jesus or, or maybe you've been away from God for a very, very long time, And maybe today is the day you need to rededicate your life to him. Right now in this moment, just call out to him, Father, I ask you to forgive me. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm far from you. I know I've not been following your ways. And the giants of this world are taking me down. And I need your help. Would you come into my life? I accept Jesus as my Savior. He is the Son of God, risen again on the third day. I believe that in faith. And God, though I don't understand everything about what it means to follow Jesus, I know this. I'm tired of living it my way. I'm tired of my sin. I'm tired of my shame. And today I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life. Make me new. Spirit of God, come in me. Give me the power to face these giants head bowed. If today you prayed that prayer to make Jesus the Lord of your life or maybe to recommit your life to Jesus, would you just raise your hand so I can see who you are? I won't call you out. I won't make you come up here. I see you all the way in the back. Anybody else here in the middle section? Over on the side. Thank you so much, God, for these people that are committing their life to Jesus, committing their life to you. Give them the power of the Holy Spirit right now to fall upon them to know you and know your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. God is so good.